0: Christine Manica.
1: Good morning. Coming up on the program today, I'll sit down with the Sioux Falls Superintendent of the School District, Dr. Jane Stavem. Dr. Stavem joins the program to talk about 150 years in the making here in the Sioux Falls School District. She'll also talk about what happened last year with the COVID-19 pandemic and what Sioux Falls school districts are hoping to continue to do as the cases with the Delta variant rise here in the Sioux Empire. We'll also talk about the two new high schools in the Sioux Empire finally open to the community, Jefferson High School and Ben Rifle Middle School. There is also a huge need for substitute teachers in the district, along with some other positions. There is clearly a lot to cover on this Sunday Focus episode, so you are not going to want to miss a single second of
0: it. Wings of Valor Lodge is a 100% fully accessible hunting lodge with a mission of supporting veterans. Opened in 2020, Wings of Valor Lodge has already supported over 100 disabled veterans providing them with a world-class pheasant hunting experience, but also a whole lot more with the camaraderie of being around other veterans. Located just a few miles south of Parker, South Dakota, Wings of Valor Lodge offers this opportunity to veterans both locally and nationally, making a difference in their lives and the lives of their families. You can make a difference by participating or donating to this year's fundraiser, Gunning for Our Heroes. This year's event is on Saturday, September 25th from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Wings of Valor Lodge. All money raised from this event will be used to support travel and hunting expenses for veterans. Your generous support is needed. If you'd like to purchase a ticket to attend or be a sponsor for the event, visit wingsofvalorlodge.org or call 605-297-4868. Please help in making a difference in the lives of our veterans.
1: Welcome back to Sunday Focus. Joining me in the studio is Dr. Jane Stavem. She is the superintendent for the Sioux Falls School District. And Dr. Stavem, welcome back. Thank you. It you know, seems the, like I was just here. Exactly. I was just <laughs> going to say, you know, you were just here. And then I think the last time, too, you were over the phone. So it was, it's nice to actually like see you in it person. It is. It is nice to be here. You know, we have to talk about this. There's, there's a lot of areas to go over. So let's just start from the top. You have officially been the superintendent for the school district for a year now, and now we are entering in a brand new school year. Let's recap your first year here in Sioux Falls. How was your first year leading the Sioux Falls School District? It was great. We love it here. Um, We have a great school district, and
2: Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful team of people that I get to be with every day who bring education to life in our classrooms. So it's it's a great place to be. And you know, a lot of that has to do with the support that we receive from our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sioux Falls loves its schools. It loves its children. And there are just so many organizations um, that give their support in so many different ways. And we're just really grateful. But that's probably one of the biggest highlights and one of the biggest things that I learned being a new superintendent.
1: I think I remembered asking you last year your favorite parts about Sioux Falls. So it's been a year. What, what's the final verdict for you? What's your favorite restaurant? Maybe your favorite oh, activity?
2: You know, there are just so many things. That's one of the things that I've told people when they ask, you know, how do you like mm-hmm. living in the city? There's just always something to do. So we've enjoyed, you know, our trails and our park systems, our outdoor concerts, our, you know, fine arts, as yeah. well as going to sporting events. I mean, really, it's all of those things. And who doesn't love a good trip to the mall? Right. You know, we still have a mall where you can go and, and, you know, do some shopping and and kind of, um, we just have
1: the best of so many worlds here in Sioux Falls. It is a wonderful city. Absolutely. A great city to thrive in, great city to bring in a new family, and that kind of brings us into the new school year. Now, you were entering last year kind of in an interesting situation with the pandemic trying Mm -hmm. to lead the district through this trying year. How How did you help your colleagues, teachers, navigate back to the classroom? Well, you know, it's kind of a pandemic 2.0 yeah.
2: as we get this year underway. And in some ways, it's a it's a lot easier because we know more than we did a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those decisions were made. And in some ways, it's it's more complex because some of the things that we thought might help us see our way out of this. You know, we're we're still seeing some resurgence. And so there's there's a lot of moving parts to everything. And there are variables that are different heading into this year. We now have the vaccine. We have kids 12 and older through adults who have the opportunity to be vaccinated. We're hoping that that 12 and under vaccine makes an appearance sometime this year, but we don't know. And so I I think it's important for people to understand that it's both uh, similar in some ways, but also very different in other ways. And so we can't let go of those things that keep us healthy, whether it's COVID or other illness. And I think sometimes um, we're losing sight of just ways to stay healthy in addition to COVID. That's just been such a loud thread. We also have, you know, cold and flu and RSV and some other, you know, germ type related things. (laughs) So hand washing, hand sanitizer, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't see people doing that as much as we did a year ago. People were kind of obsessed with it and now we have let that go. As human beings, we don't do habits very well sometimes. So those things are really important. And then you know, the other thing that is just as important as last year is having a plan. If you have a child who's ill, if you are an adult and you have to stay home from work, you need to have a backup plan. Who's going to pick that child up during the day if you're at work? Okay. Where Where is a place that, um, you know, you can go? Is it a relative? Is it a friend? Who's your backup plan? And that's true no matter what. So we want to make sure that people are thinking ahead and planning for that as well as just trying to stay in good health overall.
1: I would say last year for a lot of schools, not just the school district here in Sioux Falls, but across the nation, there was a lot of trial and error going on just because we didn't know so much as what we did back then. And no matter what decision was made, someone was going to be disappointed (laughs) or upset. So what measures did the Sioux Falls School District take as a response to the pandemic when it was still so new last year? Year.
2: Well, you know, there were a lot of things that went in place last year. Um, quarantine was a big mm-hmm. part of that. We had different barriers, and some of those we started the year with, but they may not have stayed in place all year. Plexiglass, things like that. Mm-hmm. Because as we got going and we really saw kind of the realities of things, there were some things that were just too cumbersome over time to be compatible with teaching and learning. That's one of our fears about going into a second year. You know, when we think about mask uses versus no mask usage you know the variables have changed there but we're we're entering a second year of kids learning and we also have to think about the long-term effects of lost learning or delayed learning because we're talking about a lifetime trajectory here for kids being on track with Mm -hmm. reading math science all those things so there's a lot to weigh and we did that last last year at this time too so you know we got things going we were able to keep going we had a little Um, you know mirroring of community surge kind of between that Thanksgiving and Christmas time but we were able to keep going we had kind of an influx of subs with our college kids home we're hoping they help us out maybe again this year just because that was kind of a great thing but we still need subs because people have all kinds of, of things that they may need to miss work for so we need that support.
1: And we'll definitely get more into the employment opportunities at the Sioux Falls School Districts. But going back to the policies and what you decided as a district to do now, fast forward to a year to Mm -hmm. now. And schools across the country, they are going back to requiring those masks and requiring all those types of pro- protocols. If you recall, this was a little bit of a debate last year in the district, whether or not to wear masks. So are you going to leave it up to the teachers and students again this year to do whatever is best for them in their situation? Yeah, well, You know, that's the interesting
2: thing. We said we expected masks last year, and I think our community was at a different place at that point. Mm-hmm. We had some community-wide. Um, buy into that, and some things that our city was also promoting, and we didn't have the vaccine yet at that point. Yeah. But you're right, and there's all kinds of political swirl. I can, in the same, you know, five minutes, get um, two different opinions, both from a medical field or two different parents, yeah. and both citing science. Yet the science doesn't agree in the two articles that were sent, and so we're we're trying to look at what's happening in our community while also knowing that people have to make choices just as they did last fall. And if a mask is something that is um, a a line of defense that people feel like is a good thing for them to do, Mm -hmm. then we want them to do that. We're encouraging that. Uh, Our our health systems have said, you know, masks are a good idea. And so between expected and encouraged, there's really not a a large chasm yet. It seems to be perceived in that way. We want people to have all those lines of defense we may have to um, you know move in a different direction depending on what happens within our community but we also need people to take responsibility and if and if there is a situation at home maybe that we don't know about that you're um, wearing masks in a different way maybe than your friends or people who've been mm-hmm. vaccinated are then do that and um, what I think is is just interesting. Also Also, to watch is you know people really advocate for um, something maybe within the school setting if we follow them around the community are we going to see them upholding those same safety defenses are they wearing a mask in in the in the grocery store are they wearing it when their kids are at soccer practice or at an indoor um, kind of an activity so that consistency factor is important it can't just be schools that are helping with those lines of defense we have to look at that community-wide
1: if you are just joining us, uh, Dr. Jane Stavem, she is the superintendent for the Sioux Falls Stu- School District, is joining me in the studio. So obviously, this pandemic is ever-changing. Now, with the Delta variant and cases rising here in the Sioux Empire, how confident are you that the schools in the district will do what they can to do to keep everyone in the building safe? Well, we're looking at it in
2: terms of our practices, but we're also looking at it in terms of um, Um, mental health and well-being Mm -hmm. lost learning and so it's it's a lot of things that we take into account all at once and it's that cumulative effect over time that we have to also pay attention to so you know we have a plan and just as we did last year if we need to make alterations to that we can do that we have the ability to do that and so we're gonna you know get the year started here and see what um, begins to emerge in our community and um you know if we need to say more loudly masks are a really good thing for you to consider doing we can do that but again we know that people have that same information mm-hmm. they're not relying on me to watch what's you know coming out of multiple um, outlets and uh, opinions and so that's the unfortunate thing i think of this whole pandemic is there's been so much swirl around it that it makes it difficult for people to really discern and then make decisions. Some of those strongly held decisions have resulted in um, some very positive things, but we've also seen some really negative outcomes across our country in terms of really, um, I I would just say, negative behaviors. There have been um, things that have happened on school grounds, at board meetings, at, you know, friends to friends that I hope doesn't happen in our community. And so that combination of families making decisions that are right for their kids, of our school district trying to uphold that with encouraging those practices that keep Mm -hmm. people from getting sick. Along with, you know, whatever we do community-wide, it's got to be a
1: team effort. It can't just be one entity or another. You mentioned before, too, how it's important that the students are ready for the next grade level, whatever that may be for them. Did you or did teachers in the school district notice any students that did fall behind because of the at-home learning or just kind of stayed the same but get them up to speed a little bit more in person? Well, you had that very
2: first wave that happened in that March April May timeline of you know the year before last and so that lost end of the year Mm -hmm. so that's one factor then you had all last year where we were pretty much masked up Um, and if you were a kindergartner or a first grader and you're learning beginning letter sounds you're learning beginning reading skills beginning math skills if you were maybe receiving speech and language services that was really difficult and overall we saw some declines in our overall achievement. everything felt very sluggish. And so, um, you know, thinking about another year of that and and losing a little bit more, those are really big factors. Our responsibility is to educate kids. We are not medical providers. We are not, you know, a different kind of a service. We are educators. And how do we account for our responsibility? Um, and so that weighs heavily on all of us, yeah. is how do we pick up that learning? We did see some lost learning. We've seen kids who, you know, might have have... Uh, Chosen to stay in the workforce after they left us that spring, we want kids to stay with us and to graduate, and we have to be thinking about that.
1: What kind of plans, if you know any, did teachers come up with in order to get these students up to speed? The ones that did fall behind.
2: Yeah, well, we've we've uh, put a lot of things in practice this year. You know, we have money that comes because of COVID in the form of ESSER dollars and some other acronyms, um, (laughs) but that infusion of money to mitigate some of that. So we have um, training. happened this summer um, that would be kind of over and above what we might have done in past years. We have added instructional supports. We added summer programming. We've added counselors. We've added mental health supports. And so all of that is meant to be kind of this infusion that helps us keep kids and get kids back up to a a level of achievement where we know they're progressing well.
1: Now, this pandemic seems never-ending, right? It does feel that way. It does. How proud are you of the students and staffs and cl- colleagues for handling this pandemic they've been
2: amazing um you know really and, and and even within our own staff and our of course our students and families there is no 100 percent agreement yet people have come together united around this purpose of educating our students but people are tired people are fatigued by mm-hmm. a lot of the practices that we have um you know all been asked to adhere to and we see um a, a loss in in applicants for open positions this year. Mm. We see um, people in other professions that may be leaving those professions, so the fatigue factor can't be ignored. And we don't want to lose people out of this great profession of education because of some of the things that have come from COVID. We need people to hang in there, but that that's a real factor we have to pay attention to as our workforce in Sioux Falls Public Schools and how we help people still kind of deal with the stress of the ongoing goingness of the pandemic, while also um, encouraging people to do those things that help them have kind of another layer of defense and maybe um, lessen
1: some of that fatigue and stress. It's interesting how you say, hey, we want to keep people in this education profession. I've told you this. My mom is a teacher and she saw, you know, both sides of this pandemic saying, oh, this is great. I'm working from home. I'm doing a load of laundry. Mm -hmm. But then she saw the effect it would have on her students. Maybe they weren't turning in homework as regularly or Mm -hmm. maybe they were slipping on test scores and and whatnot and she wanted to make it a priority to say okay guys let's get this together she's an 8th grade teacher so she's like you have to go to high school next year Mm -hmm. where they're not going to necessarily hold your hand they understand the situation but you have to be ready for whatever is coming at them and then you got my sister and my little cousins grad school just started college Mm -hmm. just started high school and it's like what what do you expect for these kids to, to yeah. feel like in that type of situation? So I totally understand that on both sides to keep kids in school and mm-hmm. to keep teachers in the in their jobs, and right. their profession. So on that note, where does the district go from here in the pandemic? Well, we're going forward. I mean, there's nowhere to go but forward. And we're
2: fortunate because we were in school last year and we're a leg up on a lot of places um, in the in the country that didn't keep kids in school. There's more and more resources research emerging all the time about the detrimental effects of not having kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. We've got our district priorities laid out for this coming year. We have some ambitious goals because we still have to attend to the health of our school district, and we still have to do what's right for teaching and learning. That, no matter what, has to stay our central purpose. So we're really excited about that. We open new schools this fall. Yeah. Our city is growing. We have the best case scenario in Sioux Falls of any city in America. So we have to go forward, and we have to do it with um, still retaining the joy that comes from educating kids and for providing great places for our kids and families to be in our community.
1: If you are just joining us, Dr. Jane Stavem, she is with me in the studio talking about the upcoming school year here in the Sioux Falls School District. Okay, I'm done talking about the pandemic. Great. I've had enough <laughs> Fabulous. of Fabulous. <it. laughs> there <laughs> are a bunch of other exciting things happening in the school district. Like you were just saying, two brand new schools here. Here in the Sioux Empire. We have Jefferson High School and Ben Rifle Middle School and the community is just so excited to welcome them finally. Tell us about these great yeah. institutions.
2: It's been so exciting and you know this is the 150th year of yes. our district and so it's been fun to kind of commemorate that with the opening of two new schools. They are beautiful but we know what really makes the school and what makes it most beautiful is the people who are in it and those represent just the, you know, the newest version of Places for kids to learn but they are you know spaces that are so welcoming they're um, bright and happy and colorful and you know at Jefferson you'll see things that we know our high school kids enjoy like some areas where they can have some more casual spaces if they want to sit and do some homework in a commons area with some comfortable seating they can do that Um, you know the library is a great place we have outlets you know in more places in some (laughs) of our older schools because we need to charge things and places for kids and for staff to be together to collaborate to do teaching and learning in the ways that we know are most appealing to our students and to our adults and so these represent you know kind of the latest and greatest with teaching and learning with pedagogy with um, just what's what's a pleasant place to be so we're so excited I can't wait to go to you know my first events there and to just it's fun to see the culture that comes along along, kids with their new, uh, you know, swag on and (laughs) identifying as the bison or the Cavaliers. And, you know, to already have um, kids who sang the national anthem for one of our events from Jefferson, they've been rehearsing. They they already feel that sense of community. That's what it's all about. So we've just added two schools to the bigger community.
1: So with those two schools, Jefferson and Rifle, what really separates them from the other schools in the district? You already mentioned with Jefferson, a lot more common. Mm -hmm spaces a lot more outlets anything else that could stand out oh absolutely I mean you
2: know the, the gym space at Jefferson there's a, it's a lower gym mm-hmm. and with a track around the upper part of it oh, so like there's that. there's you know ways to do some fitness um, classes and PE going on while there's still something going on down maybe in the gym um, you know that focus on the whole student a place where kids can come in and lift weights or you know just walk with a friend after school we have Um, you know, some of the facilities outside that we're hoping to upgrade our existing high schools Mm -hmm. to be, you know, kind of all at a good standard quality of care. And Ben Rifle is actually the same kind of a footprint as a couple of our other middle schools. Mm -hmm. um, Memorial, it's very similar, Um, but yet it's its own school. And um, there were some tweaks made uh, to those learning spaces. Those collaborative spaces are just really important. It's a place where, you know, you can do some cross grade level things or combine classrooms and have flexible spaces but really um, you know both of them just represent places where kids can learn in a variety of ways and that's You know, not new, but yet new just in terms of how the facility fosters that.
1: Do you think having these two new schools finally here, do you think it will help tackle that high population problem that some high schools and even middle schools experience here?
2: Yes, we're seeing that, you know, they did exactly what they were designed to do, which was spread that population Mm -hmm. of students out along with the boundary changes. But I will say when you do that with a community like Sioux Falls, it is still continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. you know people will wonder well you know why didn't you build it bigger because the school is already filled up well we've added thousands of people every month from you know the time I've arrived and so I know Ben Rifle is already very full Yeah, we'll look and see what our overall enrollment looks like and we'll be talking about that with our board at a board meeting and reporting to our community but you know you build schools but they fill up and they filled up because you had the need and because the population is still coming and it just shows that people
1: want to check out those new schools and we're so glad give them the cavaliers the chance get the bison a chance that's and, right and with these two new schools the huge need for substitute teachers it just grew astronomically so tell me how someone can apply to be a substitute teacher you know the best way is to either go to the district
2: website and um, mm-hmm. go to our hr page where there's everything that you need to know about substitute teaching or come to ipc come to our central office and And somebody will be happy to help you if you have questions about, well, you know, can I pick my school where I want to go? Or what if I don't want to sub at um, middle level? I only want to sub at elementary or I only can do it on certain days of the week. They can answer all those questions. And we just want people to come. And um, if they maybe are recently retired or they were a teacher and then maybe um, stayed home for a number of years and now they're wanting to get back into the profession and they don't want to do it every day all day but they're willing to come and substitute it's a great way to stay connected to our district i was so surprised i went into a couple of our um Trainings, And I I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I've seen this so many times is so many of our retired teachers come back and sub for us because they love it and they love being with the kids. And there's nothing that provides more hope and um, positivity in the face of this pandemic
1: than just being with our kids. They're great. If I recall correctly, there aren't any sort of requirements for being a substitute teacher, correct? Right. There are some things that we need to have
2: in place, and it depends on how many days a year you want to sub and things. Things, and that's another resource. You can go to the State Department of Education website, go to that teacher certification page, and you can see some things about substitute teaching there. But it is not hard to be
1: a sub. What is a typical day like for a substitute teacher? For anyone listening that thinks, yeah, I can do that with my spare time. Why not? Yep. Well, you're going to get a call
2: um, probably the night before or the morning of unless it's been scheduled ahead of time where we're going to call and ask you to uh, be at a location. And we'll help you with that thankfully we all have phones now that help us navigate to those schools. I can get to most of them without my phone now, but, um, you know, some familiarity with, Mm -hmm. with where you're going to go. Um, and when you arrive at that school, there's going to be somebody in the school office who's ready to help you. That teacher will prepare the day so you can um, come in and kind of have a plug and play day. You just follow along with those teachers plans. Those materials are typically ready for you unless it's, you know, some extreme emergency, but they would all be ready ready for you and um, then you've got people around you. You've got teachers next door, you've got the principal, you've got uh, an instructional coach there, people who can help you walk through that day. So you don't have to go it alone and we make it as, as comfortable as possible.
1: Any other positions that are available in the school district? Yes, you know, we're always looking
2: for custodians. That's a real area of need. Um, that can also have some flexibility, a shift if you need to make that work with, you you know another person in your household, our bus company who does our bus routes um, can always use drivers or sub drivers, our educational assistants who support the work in our classrooms, nutrition services you know, all of those areas typically have some um, spots open, and so it's really thinking about what you love to do and where we can help you plug into our school district.
1: Now, 150 years is a long time for a school quite a district. legacy, quite a legacy that. So as, as we wrap up this interview here, what's your hope for the upcoming year? Not just for the school district, but maybe some of your own personal goals, because you're coming up on two years being the superintendent here. Well, you know, my goal are those district goals and
2: um, how we go deeper and better with our instruction. Academic achievement has to be our first priority yeah. and paying close attention to our kids learning. How are they owning their learning and how are we? supporting them in that. But then also really attending to the things that our staff told us are important. Our workplace, the uh, tools that our staff members have. We did a lot with that opening school this year and we have to continue that so that anyone in any role that they have feels like they are well equipped. I work closely with a board of education who is fabulous. We have a really good uh, working relationship that helps our district to operate well and just continuing to build Relationships in our community. We have great partnerships. We want to be good stewards of those partnerships and just keep adding because we need that community support. Our kids need those opportunities. So we'll stay the course and uh, just keep becoming better and better on our way to being the best district in the nation. So here's to another 150 years. Can't wait. (laughs) I I don't do the math on that, but you know, I will hand the baton at some point, and I want to leave it better than I found it. Just as those who've come before for me provided a great legacy of leadership.
1: All right, awesome. Dr. Jane Stavum, the superintendent of the Sioux Falls School District. For anyone that wants more information about what's going on in the district, what website can they go to? Go to our k12.sf.sd
2: I believe, or Google the (laughs) Sioux Falls School District website, and that's your best
1: first start. All right, Dr. Stavum, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm Christine Manica and you've been listening to Sunday Focus I'd like to thank the Sioux Falls School District Superintendent, Dr. Jane Stapham, for joining us in the studio this morning. Once again, if you have any questions or want to know what's happening in the Sioux Falls School District, you can always check out their website and also check out their social media pages.
0: Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.